Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way, where we talk about how writing works, how writers work, and how the best writers risk being strange. And I've got Lennon Redchenka here, who's going to kind of talk to me about grants. I want to do a bit of a high level, I want to do a bit of a crash course over the next few episodes uh, on grants. I get a lot of questions about grants from uh, writers. So this will be writing focused, but a lot of what uh, I have to say here is going to be relevant to people who are like other artists who are not writers. Uh, but I'm, again, I'm going to focus on writers. And Lyndon, you know, uh, Lyndon has gotten grants before, just as I have gotten grants before. Um, as, but he's going to come at it with asking me some questions that he kind of, he sort of maybe already knows the answers to, uh, just to make it a bit more of a conversation, I think, just sort of mimic a little bit. Uh, maybe some of the conversations that I have about grants with other writers or that I even, you know, had with you, Lyndon, uh, back before you started getting grants. Um, but tell us maybe a little bit about you yourself and your grant experience so far. Yeah. So, um, my name is Lyndon. I'm a writer, comic writer and letterer. Um, and like most creatives, um, I am always preoccupied with trying to find a way to afford to make things and that's where grants come in so uh, i remember when i first started out there was a lot there's always a lot of um i don't know high conceptual talk about people getting grants and getting money and what grants are and how you get them but there was never any real instruction or minutiae on those conversations it was always sort of a far away conceptual topic and so i've found that um since you and i started talking about grants it's really demystified that process and uh really you know i couldn't have made or be making half or three quarters or all of the things that i'm making right now without some of the grants that i've received and so i think it's a really important resource for creatives to to learn about and to learn how to take advantage of yeah, and and you you say, you know, is that it? It's something that needs to be demystified. Uh, I think uh, one of the problems with grants and grant writing is that people have a number of misconceptions about it. Um, the grant bodies will off like they really try to demystify it, but fundamentally they're maybe not good at it at demystifying it. Although um, they try and they have a lot of resources available to demystify it, but I find that people don't even realize the resources exist. So a lot of people don't know, for example, you can call up the grant bodies and ask them questions about your grants. Um, you know, it, 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 they're a lot more accessible than people think. Uh, they really do want you to succeed in applying for these grants, which is something else that people don't, I think, fully understand. Uh, and they'll sometimes run workshops or do other things that will help demystify the process a bit, but it is a process that has some mystification and also it changes. Um, and it can, and it differs depending on where you live and what you're doing and so on and so forth. So I think overall, um, it's just worth getting a bit more uh, clear discussion. Because also, if you're talking to a granting body, they have a uh, things they're allowed to say and not allowed to say in a certain sense. Um, not that they're trying to be unclear, but you know, there's just a certain way they've been told to say things, which isn't always the clearest way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think so just to take so to get to get us started, then um, let's just talk about what in your what in your words, a grant is, because as a creative, I'm going to pretend I'm just starting my first project. Um, we've talked about how creatives need to sort of learn how to be their own businesses. But when I started, I just wanted to make things. I just wanted to be able to afford to make creative things and, and not have to think a whole lot about worrying about the finances of it. Um, and thankfully, grants exist to, to help with that. So in your words, what would you describe? What is a grant for people who don't know what that is? So let me first just delimit the conversation a little bit. Um, so I'm going to talk really specifically about writing grants um, for Canadian writers. So if you don't live in Canada, uh, you know, example, if you live in the United States, uh, it's very possible you may have grants available and accessible to you. My conversations with Americans, there are very few grants, if any, available to most Americans. They just don't have the same level of government support. Now, often Americans and people in other countries have um, more private support in the form of grants than Canadians do. Um, And in some countries, again, there's even more government support for grants, but I'm just going to talk about Canadian writers, Canadian grants. So some of what I'm going to say, if you don't live in Canada or you're not a Canadian citizen, um, some of this stuff may apply in your circumstance, but you really would have to look into it and see if it does apply or not. Uh, but just you know, to kind of narrow the conversation to Canadian grants for Canadian writers. So again, a lot of this is going to be relevant to people who aren't writers, maybe people making visual art or whatever, but I'm going to talk about writing. Uh, what a grant is in, in that discussion is fundamentally it's money that the government or some body representing the government or possibly, you know, body, but or some other organization, usually we're mostly going to talk about government grants, uh, but some of this is true in other areas. You know, some is in private companies will do this or just there'll be like just different funds um, that different charities or other organizations are running, but just, you know, th- they'll all be kind of modeled on the government system. Fundamentally, what this is, is it's a bunch of money that the government has earmarked to support artists uh, developing projects. And the idea here is that an artist who uh, is a professional in the sense of their quality, they're putting out quality, professional level work, uh, but also uh, they are serious and undergoing professional activities. So, you know, they're publishing, for example. Um, They're regularly spending like a good amount of time doing this work, but they maybe don't have a self-sustaining business. So somebody who is maybe, uh, or even if they do have a self-sustaining business, like somebody who's maybe, think of it like seed money. Uh, this is a fund that the government is, you know, different levels of government, you know, have a different amount of funds that they've earmarked to give to artists to kind of develop projects that they otherwise might not be able to develop in a timely manner. You know, you, if you're writing a book, for example, you know, if I'm going to write a book, uh, a novel, let's say, um, even if that novel is going to end up 
getting published by a publisher and I'm going to end up selling a bunch of the novels. I don't get any of that money yet. Right. Um, so even if I can count on money down the line, which you can't, of course, do always, right. But even if I, if I could count on money down the line, I have to incur all those costs right now. Uh, and I've got to, you know, take time off maybe, you know, doing something else for money, like my day job, if I have one, or even just other artistic projects that I might be, you know, freelance work that I might have to take on or whatever. Uh, this is sort of a fun, the idea here is that, you know, the government is, wants to give you some money to help you realize a project uh, that will make an impact in your career. Uh, so there's a few things that are involved in there, but like fundamentally you think about it as like, it's money. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Um, but it is, uh, you know, it, there's a, it is taxable as income. Uh, so you do have to, you know, it, it's income, you get taxed on it. You don't have to pay it back. It's not a loan, uh, but it is you know, meant to replace or um, otherwise add on to the other income you might have in your life uh, so that you can focus on doing this project as opposed to say, you know, you know, working for the summer or whatever. Is so it's basically what do. you're, so you're saying it's basically like being paid in advance by the government to make this project your job? Not necessarily. So, uh, yeah. but, but in a sense, in the narrow sense of yes, you, you know, it's money that will allow you to focus on this project where you might not otherwise be able to focus on it. Yes. Um, now that doesn't mean you have to quit your job or take, you know, a month off your job. Uh, but it may, for example, mean you can reduce your hours. It may, for example, mean you could turn down other work that people might offer you. The idea is that it, this money will allow you to kind of buy the time, uh, in a manner of speaking, to work on the project that you might not otherwise have, be able to focus on. Uh, and then um, that's sort of the nutshell of what a grant is. It's project money that you're you know, getting almost to kind of develop something. Um, so this next, so then I think this has already been answered, but if you could sum, try and sum it up in like two or three sentences as a, as a writer, as a creative, why should I apply for a grant? So the, I, I mean, I the think short there's, answer. there's two core reasons why I would say you should apply for grants as a writer. One is that if you are, a professional writer uh, or want to be a professional writer, you need to be making money from your writing or you just can't sustain yourself. And part of this, uh, you know, think of this as if you are a business, one of the, the, co the core thing you need to do is build up assets. An asset would be something that produces a cash flow. So, a book that where you get paid a royalty every year, you know, you make you sell so many books, you get so much money. The book is a cash producing asset in that example. Um, you need seed money to, you need to spend money to build assets. So in this case, you need to, you know, have time to write the book. Uh, you can't afford to sit around writing the book without some money coming in. The grant replaces your income, uh, you know, for those hours that you're going to spend on the book, let's say. So I think like 
professionally speaking, it's just, it makes more sense to get a grant than to have to work for money. Uh, you're still working because you're working on the book, uh, but you're not like working an hourly job now and then trying to find you know extra time to work on the thing. It's just going to make it easier to develop the asset, in this case, the book. Um, so think of it as like seed money again, in that sense. Um, you should be spending this money no matter what. Uh, if you want to be a professional, you should be always focused on producing assets like writing your book as an example. Um, but obviously it is easier to get the government to pay for your book than you yourself paying for your book. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I just think it makes sense for, in terms of your business operation, if you want to be a professional artist, right? You know, it's better to you know, spend $5,000 of the government's money than $5,000 of your money. Uh, but the other side of it, even if you're never going to succeed getting a grant, like even if you never get one, I still think you should apply for them all the time uh, because now there are grants for things that are not projects. Another thing I'm just going to focus on here is project grants. What I mean by that is like, you know, grants to write a book of poems, grants to write a book of a novel, grants to write uh, maybe a series of short stories that aren't going to be a book, but are just, you know, on the same topic, whatever. Grants to create a play, uh, grants to write a comic script, you know, grants to write a screenplay. These are all projects, right? You know, you do it, then it's done. Uh, it doesn't go on forever. Um, you could also get grants to, you know, go get, take training or do other things. But I'm just going to talk about, you know, you, if you wrote a play already, you could get a grant to maybe put on the play, like hire actors and stage it. I'm not really going to talk about those grants, although most of what I'm going to say is going to apply to that. I'm just going to talk about writing projects. Um, but, you know, even if you never get the grant you apply for, what you have to do as part of the grant process is clarify the project. So you have to write, you know, a description of the project. You have to, you know, plan it out, uh, make a timeline. You have to do all sorts of things that I think that just simply put will help you improve and it'll improve the project and make it clear in your mind because you have to describe it now to somebody else. You have to get it out of your head and describe it to someone else in those bare terms. You've got to write some sample text. You know, you maybe got to write, you know, 20, 30 pages of this thing. Um, in other words, you have to kind of prove to someone else that this project what it is and how it makes sense. You have to define it. You have to develop it on this basic level and you have to maybe write some tests, material and so on. These are all things you should be doing anyway uh, as early as possible. So I think writing at the grant, the things it forces you to do will make it more likely that you'll succeed in completing that project. It'll make the project better because you'll have to clarify aspects of the project and outline it and plan it and so on. Even if you never get the grant, it'll make it more likely that you will succeed in the project. It'll make that project better. But then, of course, if you do succeed in the grant, you know you get this income that helps you uh, realize the project with less expense, less risk. So it's, what it end. sounds like is that you're saying that... Um by simply applying for the, by going through the act of applying for the grant, 
um, you are not only proving the viability of the project to the grant committee, but you're almost establishing the viability of the project for yourself as you're as you're continuing to produce it. It's almost like you're clarifying that process. Um, well, it's not almost like it, Linden, it is exactly what you're doing. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what you have to do. You have to prove the you're basically developing the project to a certain point before you can apply for the grant. Um, and if you, uh, there's just, uh, that's the kind of thing you need to be doing if you want to, you know, be a professional writer down the line. Well, that's what it's Whether like you want to be full or part-time. It sounds like what you're saying is that the act of doing the grant app process forces you to be professional about your project. Yes. And as far as you do that on a deadline, which I think is the other great value of grants. There's a deadline by which you have to submit them. And it sounds like a simple thing, but you know, nothing is better than having an externally imposed deadline by which you have to have so much work done. Agreed. But before we'll talk about the deadline aspect of the grant, when we talk about what the, the actual process of writing the grant looks like um, to, to back up a step. I know we've talked about this, us being focused on project grants, but is there only one kind of project grant? Are there different levels of project grants or different bodies that Canadian writers can access as I sort of lead us through this? Well, so in a nutshell, again, if we're just focusing on Canada as an example, most of this is going to be true elsewhere, but focusing on Canada, uh, there's... And focusing on creative projects that you would be doing outside of school. So if you're in school, there's all sorts of you know grants available to people in school, like research grants, usually. Um, but uh, some of those research grants are actually creative grants. So like I, when I was in my PhD, I got a grant from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Center, uh, this big you know body that gives grants to graduate students for research. I got a grant to write a novel from them. You know, so I ended up, you know, uh, getting $80,000 uh, to write uh, a novel, which was my PhD thesis. Okay. Uh, so they're inside of the school system. That was a federal grant. Uh, you know, that, so there's these federal grants uh, or other types of grants that you might get from the university or from other places. I'm not really going to talk about those, but it is worth noting that if you're a student, uh, there is a whole a different world of grants possibly accessible to you. Now, also, if you're a student, you're not eligible for the grants that I'm going to talk about, <laughs> which are the more uh, kind of normal class of grants. So for a normal sort of everyday human being in Canada uh, who isn't a student, a full-time student, there's effectively three big uh, levels of government that you could get grants from. So again, there's other types of grants from other places, but I'm just going to focus on government grants for this discussion because these are the main things that you're most likely to be able to get um, uh, and just are e more, more readily available to most people. So there are federal grants, uh, which in Canada, uh, the Canada Council for the Arts is primarily where you're going to go to get grants from the federal government for the arts. There's provincial grants. Um, so, you know, we're in Manitoba. Uh, Manitoba Arts Council is the big granting body in Manitoba. 
when I was in Alberta, it was the Alberta Foundation for the Arts. You know, in Ontario, it's maybe the Ontario Arts Council. So there's a provincial body that is responsible for giving grants. Uh, that was to, the one in every province? Basically, yes. Okay. Um, and then some places will have grants at the municipal level. So here in, Alberta, in, in Manitoba, I live in Winnipeg. Winnipeg has... Uh, Winnipeg Arts Council, which is the municipal level of grants. Now, many places don't have a municipal level grants. So that's something that's, you know, typically there's a provincial level council, of course, you know, the federal council. Uh, some places will have a municipal level council. So again, Winnipeg, we're lucky to have the Winnipeg Arts Council here. Um, I suppose those are the three big buckets. This point that you're eligible for the level that you live within. So like, I can't live in Alberta and apply for Manitoba grants. Let's get in the eligibility in a second. Okay. So I'll get to that next, but let's just delay eligibility for a second. Sure, yes. So the three big buckets, broadly speaking, are you know federal, provincial, municipal, okay? Now, like I say, there's, depending on your specific situation, you may be eligible for other things. Like if you're a student, you might be ineligible for most of those ones, but you might be eligible for other student-specific grants. If you have some particular um, background or you know, identity marker, you may be eligible for some other grant. Like, like if you're Jewish, there may be a Jewish um, foundation that it gives out grants. Uh, so you might be eligible for that. But again, that's going to be less common, right? Uh, <laughs> Et cetera, et cetera. To be to be eligible for these big three buckets, you have to be a Canadian citizen. You can't be a full time student, and then you have to satisfy any other eligibility requirement. But those are the two big ones. Uh, so, just now to get to the eligibility question for a second, um, what are the other common eligibility requirements? Well, uh, as you note, it's going to depend on things. Like it's going to depend. So. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg Arts Council. I've got to be a. I got to be living in the city of Winnipeg. Actually, I should check into that. They might have changed that, but generally speaking, you know, you got to be in the city of Winnipeg, right? You got to pay taxes yeah. here, or, or have a residence here at least. Um, so your address is basically going to be used to determine your eligibility uh, for that. In that case, um, Manitoba Arts Council. I've got to be a resident of Manitoba. If I'm a resident of Alberta. Uh, I can't apply to the Manitoba Arts Council, but I could apply, as, you know, to the Alberta Foundation for the Arts and so on. And the Canada now, Council. Yeah. Now, again, we're talking about legal residency. Uh, so you, Lennon, currently are you're living in Paris or not in Paris, but in France. Yes. But you're still a resident of Manitoba, uh, right? You're just, you know, there for a little while. You'll be back. So you cannot apply in France for arts grants, I would presume. Um, but uh, you could apply still, even though you're kicking around France for the Manitoba Arts Council, because uh, were you to get a grant from them, you would, you know, at that point be back in Manitoba, or at least, you know, you're always a resident of Manitoba. You haven't given up your residency and so on. But, you know, when I was moved to Alberta for the first 12 months I was there, I was considered a resident of Manitoba and ineligible to apply for the Alberta Council, but eligible still for MAC and so on and so forth. So you got to look into like those specific things. So there's often residency requirements. There's usually a citizenship requirement. 
that is a base level, you know, Canadian citizens can or cannot get grants from Canada. Uh, there's usually a residency requirement. Um, sometimes those two things are interlinked. Uh, sometimes you got to look at how they define a resident too. Um, and then there's typically the other big one that is typically the case is you have to be what you have to be considered a professional artist. Now, often that professional artist is a thing that people don't understand and get confused about or get scared by. Uh, but every one of these grants and every, and, and inside each of these buckets, as you say, there's, you know, a bunch of different types of grants. So, Canada Council has a bunch of different types of grants. I'm going to mostly focus on talking about project grants for creation. So, you know, take, I haven't written a book, but I want to write a book. That's the sort of the project grant for creation. Uh, so there'll be some version of that. Uh, and that's the main grant that most people will end up being eligible for and applying for. But you typically have other grants available to you that I don't want to discuss too much right in here. Um, for example, you sometimes will have grants that will allow you to do research in preparation to create something. You sometimes will have grants where you've created something and now you're going to put it out into the world somehow, like you're going to perform a play, for example. Um, or, you know, publishers will sometimes have grants available to them to help them publish books, for example. You can't get a book. A, a grant to publish your book yourself. So you can't get grants for self-publication, but a publisher might get a grant to publish your book, you know, on et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, I'm not going to talk too much about those types of grants. Uh, most people aren't eligible for these really specific grants, but there's a lot of different grants available. And it's always worth kind of looking into what you want to do. But most people, what they want to do, uh, most writers, what they're trying to do is get a grant. And it's most easy for them to get a grant to create something. Um, and there's a couple of really common qualities for these creation grants, whatever they may be called. So uh, but there'll be like a stream, typically, of grants uh, where, you know, a bunch of different types of little grants that are all focused around the same thing in this, which is, you know, project creation. Uh, now often, uh, depending on what we're looking at, but often you'll have two different types of artists that can apply to those grants, uh, people who are established or people who are emerging. Now they might use different language, um, and they might have a different definition of each, depending on where you're, what province you're in or what, you know, stream you're looking at or whatever, but broadly speaking, uh, grants will be for professional artists who are either emerging or established. This is where people often get confused is they think professional and they think that they have to be established, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. Professional to granting body simply means that your other people who are professionals recognize you as a professional. And they may or may not have a hard uh, definition that accompanies that. What I've seen in recent years is a lot of the granting bodies have rewritten their definitions to make them less clear. Now, the good side of that is 
it's actually made more people eligible for these grants, whereas they might not have been eligible before. Now it's more, it's easier for you to be eligible for a grant than it has been in the past. When I started applying for grants, we had very clear cut lines of what was considered eligible and not eligible. Now those lines are not so clear cut. Your eligibility is, um, once you satisfy basic things like you're a Canadian citizen, you're a resident of Manitoba or whatever, after that point, whether or not you're considered a professional artist and therefore eligible is a lot less clear. On the good side, like I say, more people are actually eligible. But on the bad side, people have a hard time understanding if they're eligible. Uh, and sometimes the grants themselves will have a hard time understanding whether or not you're eligible. Uh, you may be told that you're ineligible and then have contact them again and say, actually, I think I am eligible. And, uh, <laughs> and they changed their mind. I've, we've seen that happen recently with somebody that we know. Um, so, you know, uh, something that people really need to be aware of is just that kind of basic, what is a professional? Now, what that means from a grant perspective, usually they'll have a different definition depending on which grant you're looking at exactly. But the broad idea of being a professional is that you're engaged in professional activities. It's very similar, by the way, to how the CRA would define a business, whether or not you're a professional in the eyes of a grant or the professional in the eyes of a of the of the tax collector. Don't confuse me with tax terms here. They're I very just want to know whether or not I'm a creative. Are you engaged in professional activities? Is one core thing. Now, professional activity in this context would be, uh, for example, you write regularly and you publish. Now, how you're publishing, uh, is that considered professional? So typically, if you're being paid for publication, it's considered professional. If the publisher is disseminating the work in a particular way, it's considered professional. So there's one things that are very clear cut. You know, you submit to a literary journal, they, you know, that publishes a print issue. They pay you 20 bucks for your poem uh, and they publish it in their print issue. That's a clear professional publication. If they're publishing it online, but they're paying you money, that's also a pretty clear professional publication. If they're publishing it in print and they're not paying you money, but they're paying you a copy of the print edition, that's usually also considered a professional publication. If they're publishing online and they're not paying you, now we're into a question mark. Is it a professional publication? Because you haven't been, as you know, Lyndon being a lawyer, you haven't been rendered consideration uh, in that exchange, right? So the question then becomes, now it's a softer question. Okay, well, do, do people generally believe this journal is prestigious and worth publishing in? Is it considered a real pub journal by other writers? Uh, so who else have they published? If Margaret Atwood has published in this online site, even if they didn't, and they didn't pay Margaret Atwood and they also didn't pay you, well, we all know Margaret Atwood is a professional. If she's publishing that journal, it's probably a professional publication. If you're publishing that journal, you're probably a professional too. This is sort of where it starts to get softer, right? And they're making like judgment decisions uh, because it's less clear cut. And it goes down the line. If you self-published a, a, a book, a, a novel, it's usually not considered a professional. You're usually not considered a professional in that case. But, you know, you could argue it. You could argue based on how many you sold. You could argue, like, 
we had a, a friend of ours recently was in this sort of boat where they had published, um, they'd done a lot of self-publishing um, and it sold a lot of copies. Uh, that didn't matter so much to the grant and organizations in terms of determining whether or not they were professional. What mattered more was like uh, they had been invited to be a panelist at conventions. So now, even though they maybe haven't got a publisher who has endorsed them or you know, proven their professionalism by you know, buying their book and uh, putting it out and so on, but they've got a convention that has paid them, you know, given them to come to the convention and put them on as a professional, like here's a guest of the convention. Like, so like that's, or they've done a gallery show, right? They've had, um, you know, the, the sort of two basic things that determine your professionalism is like, have you been compensated like a professional by a third party? Uh, and, or have you been, uh, given has your work been shown in a professional context so for writers that's usually publication uh but it could be something else you know for for an artist it might be a gallery show um or are you recognized by your peers there's like the big three you know are you getting paid are a professional rate are you recognized by your peers so being invited to you know give a keynote at a or be on a panel at a conference and so on? Uh, and are you presenting work in a professional context? So again, for a writer, that's usually publication, but it could be, you know, you're invited to read at a reading series uh, and so on and so forth. So when I was younger and I hadn't really published a lot, um, I could point to a few publications. Um, well, it used to be this, they've changed this, but back when I started applying for a Manitoba Arts Council grants, they had a very clear definition that you are a professional artist if you publish 10 things. So if I published 10 poems in you know journals that I had been paid for, uh, and they were recognized journals in print, then I would be considered a professional artist. So what I would used to do is, but I had like three poems published that would count. Uh, and then I had like a bunch of newspaper articles that published, but they weren't poems. Plus I'd been invited to read, you know, my work by like a reading series that this uh, journal uh, had been put on. So like the, I, the journal hadn't published me, but they invited me to read at the reading series. So I argued, well, that's a professional context, right? Because it's the same place. It's just, you know, I'm reading it instead of being published there uh, and, and so on and so forth. Like, so I ended up like arguing basically my way in to eligibility. Now it's easier to argue your way into eligibility than it used to be. But those are the big three. Are you doing getting paid like a professional? Are you presenting your work in a professional context? So usually it's publication for a writer. And are you um, recognized or can you point to recognition by other professional writers? Okay, so then this leads me to my question. Um, I was lucky enough when I first started applying for grants that my first comic project had been published, and then uh, that was my sort of way into way into into applying. But let's let's pretend that I don't work in comics and I just work in prose. Um, I've written a a manuscript for a novel, and that's sort of the extent of my writing that I've done. I I wouldn't be eligible for grants at this point. What do you think? I would be best spent or how would, how would be the best way for me to try and build up those professional credentials as a writer so that I could become eligible for grants. 
So here's what I would actually do in that scenario, Lennon. I would tell you to write a grant and put it in. And then when they reject you, see why they're rejecting you. So what you're going to have to do, this kind of gets a little bit into the later topic, the life cycle of a grant. But the first thing you're going to have to do with these granting, say you're going to put in a grant to the Winnipeg Arts Council, the Manitoba Arts Council, and the Canadian Council for the Arts, okay? So let's say you're going to apply to all three of those levels of government for the same project. Now we'll get into maybe when you can or can't do that. Let's just, as an example, say that you're going to do that. The first thing you're going to have to do is go onto their, these, they're all taking grants in an, through an online system now. So the first thing you have to do is you have to go in and create a profile, like an account on that online system. When you create that account, you're going to have to apply to be eligible. You're going to have to basically apply to apply. So you have to apply to have your profile approved. So let's say, and you have to do this early. So let's say the grant is due April 1st. You've got to, before like March 1st, you want to apply to have your profile approved. So basically what you're doing before you can even apply for a grant is you're applying to apply, <laughs> right? So you're going to put all this information in, like here's, you know, you know, here's my name, here's my, you know, citizenship, blah, 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 all the bio data. They may ask you some uh soft data, like they want to know if you're Aboriginal or not. That doesn't really matter in terms of whether you get grants, but they just, they just track, like they, they want to make sure that like enough people from different minorities are getting grants and there's not a problem with their system where no, you know, uh, women are getting grants or something. Right. So they're asking for this data, which you don't have to provide, but you can. Um, and then later on in that application, what they're going to ask you for is like basically why you think you're eligible. So like, where's, what's your list of publications? You know, what's your, you know, you basically ask for your resume and then that resume, you need to make it very clear how you satisfy these three things. You know, have you exhibited professionally, which, you know, for writers usually going to be publications, uh, have you been paid, you know, uh, in other words, if you've been published, uh, if you published a book, you know, they only want you basically listed if you've been paid for doing that and so on. Uh, you know, have you been invited to speak at a panel? All that stuff goes on your resume, right? Then you put that application in and you, you know, request approval basically for your profile. So at that point, you're going to get accepted or rejected. And you may, in fact, you know, Winnipeg Arts Council might accept your application, your profile and say you're eligible, whereas Manitoba Arts Council might reject your profile and say you're not eligible, or Canada Council might, and so on, right? Um, if that's so, the first thing I would do is just to start applying for a grant because they'll tell you right away whether they think you're eligible and where you, they think you're at. And if you get rejected, I would call them up uh, and ask them why. Uh, and then you got your little checklist now of the things you got to do to be eligible. So you'll find out real quick what you've been doing and not doing right in the terms of you know, establishing yourself as a professional. That's one of the nice things about the grants is that when you get the rejections, um, it actually gives you real clear information. Now, sometimes they're not giving you the information you want, or they're not being super clear in what information they're giving you. But, you know, often you can get like a lot of information you'd be surprised about. Uh, but the other thing you can do, of course, is, um, so if you're in that scenario, Lennon, where you basically, you don't think consider yourself a professional, I would say, why not 
you know, you probably in that scenario haven't done an artistic resume. Uh, I think the first step is just putting an artistic resume together. People often are surprised to find how many things that they've done that actually matter. Um, Like I know just, you know, from talking to a lot of people, often what you'll find is that they have discounted things they've accomplished. But once you're forced to like think of what you could put on this resume, uh, what you realize often is that you've accomplished more than you think you have. Um, but even if you haven't, uh, the process of putting that resume together, again, the process of starting to apply for the grant, or in this case, even applying to apply for the grant, uh, it helps you sort of figure out where you're strong and where you're weak uh, as an applicant. Um, and you can get some... I mean, sometimes you'll be eligible when you don't think you are, because again, they have these emerging and established uh, levels usually. Um, the difference between those basically is like how much money you can ask for, but also the criteria is a little different. So like, um, you know, and, and usually the, the harder one to qualify for is established. So like that usually has a cut off that's a bit more clear like you have to have published at least three books or something um you know again that's not necessarily even always the case but they'll have probably usually a clearer guideline for established whereas like they'll have softer guides for emerging because what they really want Lyndon, is they really want somebody who is serious to apply for the grant to get the grant uh, what they really want is they want to take these emerging artists and help them become established. Like that's what the grant's for. So that the grant is to help into... you improve. The grant is there to help people advance their career. Okay. So that leads me into the, a hypothetical that I've sort of been cooking up while we've been talking. Um, from the perspective of a writer, let's say that I have put in the work and I have written a manuscript for a novel let's say it's sixty thousand or seventy thousand words and i am in the process of querying to publishers or to agents um and i've made this novel sort of on my own dime and while i'm doing this i want to start on a second novel do you do you think that there's an argument to be made um in applying for an emerging artist applicant profile that you can prove that you are a professional based on the fact that you have written a novel draft that you are in the process of querying and getting rejected for as proof of being a professional to get one of those applications. Here's the brilliant, this is a great question. And here, and the answer is not what you would expect. What people think in that scenario, Lyndon, here's the interesting thing. And the way you have to really start thinking differently as a writer, usually. If you've written a novel, and you're sending it out to publishers and getting rejected. The part of that that makes you professional is not how you've written the novel. It's that you have been getting rejected by publishers. So sending it out and getting rejected are two activities which are considered professional activities. So again, from the point of view of the grant and the point of view of the tax man, you are now a professional, not because you wrote the book, but because you have been sending it out and getting rejected because these are the activities that a business or a professional artist would be engaged in. So uh, yes is the short answer. Like that would be something where, again, 
are you professional enough? Uh, if you got accepted, it's pretty clear now that you're a professional. You've joined the, the, you can argue very clearly. You're published at that point, yes. Yeah, even if you haven't been published, you've got the contract now. You've got an agreement to be published. You're effectively considered to be a published author at that point. But if you're not getting, if you're just getting rejected, uh, you can still argue uh, that you're, 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 you're in the ranks of emerging professional. Again, it's an argument they'll look at other things as well. Like, have you published any excerpts from it? Um, have you published you know, anything else in the smaller scale? Um, whatever. Have you been invited to read it at a festival? Have you... Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to whatever. think of but yes, factors that a writer might have to think of if they are currently, they're submitting and they're pitching and they're struggling to get acceptances. The sorts of things that they can bring to the attention of the Arts Council when they contact them to ask why their application has been rejected. Well, let's just talk, talk about that project exactly for a second, that ex- hypothetical project. Now, what you've got in your hands in that scenario where you've written a draft and then you want to write a sequel, um, but you're in the meantime sending it out uh, and getting rejected. Now, let's say you're going to apply for a grant. There's two things you can apply for right now. You could either apply for money to edit and rewrite this manuscript or apply for money to, you know, write the sequel. The better project from a grant perspective is to apply to rewrite the manuscript, stop sending it out and rewrite the manuscript. So go to the grant body and your project effectively is, Hey, look, I wrote this manuscript. I've been sending it out. It's been getting rejected. I'm going to stop sending it out now and I'm going to go back and look, you know, it seems to me like because of the rejections and the notes I've gotten from these editors, uh, I'm going to stop sending it out. I'm going to hire an editor to give me some notes and I'm going to rewrite the manuscript. So I want money to hire the editor. I want money to take the time to take their notes and rewrite the manuscript. That's the better project. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. I was just trying to look for some way that I could apply for um, the applicant profile to be accepted by the grant party so that I can apply for grants without having, having had much published yet. And well, I want to use make the activity the of receiving, but I wanted to argue for the having rejections as being a proof of professional activity. And I wanted to know if that logic carried through. And I think you've answered that question. Well, the question will start to become, uh, is there anything else that would help bolster that, uh, you know, that, that argument? So, you know, it, it starts to become a call at that point because it's not, so probably you're not going to get... I mean, I doubt the county council would consider you eligible in that instance. I doubt the Manitoba's council would consider you eligible, but it's possible. It depends on what else you've been doing, you know? Would it be our council? Maybe, again, it depends on what else you've been doing. Like if you've been, you know, presenting your work in public somehow or something. But sure. yeah, you it is when it's less clear-cut like that, what I always suggest is people do apply uh, because then at, even if they get the no... 
they know they can get in, start digging into, well, why have they gotten the no? And then they can start like figuring out, well, what else could I be doing now while I'm rewriting this manuscript, while I'm sending it out to get rejected or whatever, what else could I be doing to kind of establish myself more professionally? That maybe is easier. Well, and once you have that profile, you're in. You can once they approve your profile, you, you can you're now eligible to apply automatically if they approve your profile. You're now yeah. they'll literally like in the system it will show up the grants you're eligible for. Um, but what I appreciate about it is that I became eligible because I was published in the comic sphere. But I can apply for novel grants. There's nothing stopping me from doing that. That's exactly um, right. Now, so what really might stop you is a jury yeah. saying no, <laughs> but you definitely, once you're kind of in, you're in like Flynn in the sense of like, you've got some, like, I, I, I did the reverse thing. I had published a lot of books um, and I actually published a bit too fast. So back in the day when they had stricter guidelines, I actually went from being not eligible to being an established artist. So all of a sudden I'm applying against Margaret Atwood, uh, but I've done almost nothing. Right. <laughs> so I was having a weird, I had a weird sort of problem where I was trying to argue that I was an emerging artist, but they were telling me I was an established artist <laughs> and I was like, just, you know, not getting turned down grant time and time again, because, you know, they, they just were putting me up against some dodgy or something, uh, uh, you and know? And conversely, my profiles are all as emerging artists and I'm trying to hang on to them for as long as I can, because I don't want to be going up against Margaret Atwood. Well, example. there's, I mean, I don't know if Margaret Atwood's applying for grants, but no, just no, as an example, yeah. right? And so um, now, now some people don't, some grants don't make that distinction, by the way, like Winnipeg Arts Council doesn't really divide you up. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it is something that kind of does maybe come into play and, and with certain grants and it can be good or bad, you know, like now I'm, you know, happily firmly entrenched, but like, so, so, but just go back to what I was saying. Um, so because I was an established artist in the literary sphere, but I had never written a comic before. Uh, and I wrote a comic and I ended up getting, you know, some grants to basically, you know, I got, you know, some sizable grants to write uh, this comic, the eye collector that, you know, you were working on doing the letter. So basically I, I got money for, for example, to pay you to letter this comic. Um, now I'd never written a comic before, but, you know, I was kind of in there as a professional. It's very uh, reasonable that because, you know, I've done, had this success as a writer here, I maybe could have some success over here by switching it. In fact, the grants like that kind of thing. Once you're in, they like to see that you're trying to do something new and developing as an artist. That's one of the things that um, uh, really matters to a jury is that you're not just doing the same thing you've always done, but you're trying to grow and stretch and continue. Cause one of the other things that the, uh, the, these grants bodies want and the juries are told to reward is a, an artist who is um, is trying to, you know, just Im improve as an artist. So again, they want to make, they want to help your career. Um, the government looks at this as investing in the artist's career. Uh, and so, you know, they want to take, emerging artists and turn them into established artists. They want to take established artists who aren't full-time and make them 
full time. You know, they they want to help you build up uh, yourself into a, a sustainable situation where you don't necessarily need these grants anymore. Uh, and they, you know, they want to kind of invest in the industry in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, so then all of that being said, do you think there are any sort of other common misconceptions that creatives might have for the grant process? I know we're trying to demystify, but. I think the biggest misconception people have about the granting grants is that if they reject your application, that means your project wasn't good. It could mean that, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that at all uh, because of a variety of factors. But one simple factor is the jury. Uh, so it used to be for Canada Council, this has changed. They've improved how they do their juries. But it used to be that um, <laughs> I, every year I would get a list because this is government money. They have to tell you who they gave it to. It's taxpayer money, right? So every year, you know, they give out these grants and then they have to publish a list of who got the grants and how much they got and so on, right? So what I did every single year is I would apply for a grant. They would reject me. And then I would ask to see their list of who they gave grants to. And also they have to publish after the fact who was on the jury. Uh, And so what you saw consistently... Now this has changed, but consistently what it was, was like, they would have somebody from Toronto, another person from Toronto, and then somebody from another place. So they'd have, say somebody from, you know, Nova Scotia that year, everybody from Nova Scotia got grants is all Toronto and Nova Scotia next year. They would have somebody from Calgary, somebody from Toronto, somebody from Toronto. All of a sudden, all these Calgary artists are getting grants, right? And it would be like that. Uh, it'd be like, if there was a Manitoba person on the jury, I would have a better chance of getting a grant because you know they would just know who I was. Not that they were my friends giving me grants or anything, but they would have an awareness that I was a professional in a way that, you know, like they would be biased basically, right? You know, maybe not on purpose or not consciously, but you know, you saw it consistently. Now they've changed how they do the juries and it's a, it works so much better, but often it was like a jury accident. Uh, and so that's still the case in some levels. Like if you're applying to do a comics project and there's just no comics people on the jury, uh, they just don't understand what they're looking at sometimes. Like if you're showing them a script, they may not know how to read it. If you're yeah, showing them I comics pages, of- that's different. Everyone can read a comics page, but how do you look at a script and visualize how it would translate to a page? You just, if you don't have an experience doing that, it's hard to do it. And so the the jury makeup, uh, not so much in terms of their biases although that can operate uh, but like just in terms of like what's their skill set are they able to really understand what you're trying to say here now they've improved the jury process a lot uh, but that used to be a it's less of a factor than it used to be but it still is a factor on some level i've had grants i had a grant for a novel where uh, i put it in i got rejected I looked at the grant and I decided, actually, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I, there's nothing that needs to change. And I submitted the exact same grant the next time and I got it. 
And that, so it was just a pure jury makeup in that scenario. Uh, now, sometimes they're rejecting you because the project is no good, or at least they don't understand that they don't think they don't think the project's good. Um, it's, you can't say it's no good or good really because you haven't done it. But like you know, it, sometimes they're rejecting it for quality reasons. They just don't think it's a, a high quality project. Sometimes it's just for mysterious reasons, uh, like you know, this, they don't like comics. And you've decided to put do a comic. Now, I theoretically that sh that sort of reason shouldn't happen, and it doesn't happen so much anymore. Um, but the other thing that, that can come into play is just like who else is applying for grants? Like, did they get a lot or did they get a few? Do they have more money this year or less money? Because what they're going to do is score these grants. Like they come in and effectively this jury ends up scoring them, and then the they, they don't decide whether or not you get money at the jury. This is a big misconception people have is whether or not you get money is not really a pure jury decision. They will say there will be a level of grants where they say, don't give these people money. But the rest of them, what they're saying is, it would be great to give these people money. And then here's the ranking. And then the government comes along and decides where's the cutoff. So like maybe the jury is like, give these 20 people grants and the government comes along and goes, well, we only have money to give the top 15 of them grants. So there's this little chunk of people who are getting their grants rejected, even though the jury wants to give them money, but there just isn't the money to go around at that point. Well, that happened to me with the Canada Council. And that ties into what we were saying about the jury also, because I was applying to, um, to make a book and it was a, it's a graphic novel project that we have that is going to be, a, it's now been going to be published, but at the time we didn't have a publishing agreement. And so I was putting together my grant application and, you know, the great thing about these grant juries is that, or the grant um, bodies is that you can call them and ask them questions about the process. You can't ask them to assess your application or anything, but you can ask them for questions on clarity. And one of the questions that I asked when I was preparing my application was, is there someone on the jury that has an understanding of comics and graphic novels? Because this will make a lot more sense to them the way I've packaged it than it might if no one knows anything about comics. And the person that I spoke to said, yes, we're, we have, there will be at least one person on this jury who has a background in graphic novels. This, what you're explaining to us makes sense. And at that time, they, that person also explained to me that uh, in the middle of the pandemic that they anticipated having more funding for projects than they had in previous years, um, which was great because it, hopefully it meant that more people were going to get funding. But even with all of that, after I submitted my application, I was sent, um, I'm going to call it a soft rejection, but basically it was saying that the jury had scored my project well enough to be eligible for funding, but that there wasn't funding for it. And so I didn't get any money, um, which was a bummer. But then four months later, I got a follow-up email from the, the council saying, oh, suddenly we have money and now you can have money. And suddenly my project was um, fully funded and I had to go in and um, cancel the reapplication that I had already submitted for that same project, because as you said, sometimes you just need to 
um, clean it up, or you just need to resubmit the project and hope that you get eligible the second time around. Yeah, another thing they can do more and more now that never used to really be able to do is award partial funding. So like I recently got a, a grant where they partially funded the project. Basically what they funded was just again to do this comic and I had asked for money to pay you to do letters. I had asked for money to pay Gregory to do the art and I had asked for money to pay myself to write the script. What they basically did um, was they gave money to you and Gregory. <laughs> they didn't give me any money. Uh, but the reason they did that was because I said in the grant, like, well, if, you know, I get partial funding, what I'll do is pay Gregory and Lyndon and I just will work for free. So they ended up rather than rejecting the grant, which is what they would have done otherwise, because it would have scored too low to fund. What they ended up doing was giving it partial funding. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is how it goes. Uh, but the, well, so the thing's still getting made. It's getting made more slowly than it would have, but it's still getting made, right? So while we're talking about funding and myths, and this is one that I've actually wanted to ask you for a while, um, the grants have a max amount of money typically that you're allowed to ask for. Now, for Canada yes. Council, I have never asked for the full amount. I always break it down by a page rate and justify that page rate. Like, so if I'm making a comic, I usually say, I plan on paying the artist this X amount of money per page for this project times whatever, 100 pages. I plan on taking X amount of money per page for... Let me just cut you um, off for a pages. second. Yes, you know where I'm going. Go ahead. You're getting into a massive topic, which is budgeting for a grant. Now, I want to just cut this we'll off the that. pass and we'll save that. We're going to have to spend like a whole episode on just budgeting because you're right to point out that budgeting is a thing I would say probably artists understand the least. Uh, and it is a thing that is also, I think I'd say the big misconception of budgeting is that it is complicated. Uh, these budgets are not complicated. Uh, and, but you have to understand how they work and how they're supposed to work and so on and so forth. So I, We'll discuss that later in a late, another episode at a later date. But I would say the short answer to your question is uh, fundamentally that you, the right amount of money to ask for is the amount of money that it takes to do the project. And you have to, though, as you say, work within the limits so if there's a maximum, let's say you, you as an emerging artist, you're only eligible for $3,000. Okay, let's say that's just the cutoff for this grant you're applying to. Like you're applying to Winnipeg Arts Council, $3,000 is the limit you can ask for, okay? If your project takes $5,000 to get done, if you do the math and you figure out that it's going to cost you $5,000 to do this project, you, then you have two basic options. The bad idea is to force your project into a $3,000 budget because what's going to happen in that scenario is you'll get the $3,000, but you actually can't do the project. Uh, so one way around that is to say, I'm going to put $2,000 of my money in. I'm asking for $3,000. That will make $5,000, which is what I need for this project. So you could do that. Or you can apply for $3,000 in one place and then go say, I'm also going to go somewhere else and ask for $2,000. 
And, you know, that concept is the concept. You should ask for the amount of money that it makes sense to ask for no more and no less. Now, the details of that are much bigger discussion, which we'll have another time. But people get really hung up on, should I ask for the maximum amount? That's the question I was asking. It, the answer to that question is, it depends on how much money you need. There is no benefit or drawback to asking for a particular dollar amount. If you ask for less money than you need, you're not more likely to get funded. You're less likely to get funded because it looks weird to a professional that you're asking for so little money. They could reject you for not asking for enough money. But the other side of it is, if you're asking for too much money, if you're asking to do something very simple, but you know, it, again, if it looks like you're asking for too much money and it looks weird, then they're going to, that's going to decrease your score and maybe get you rejected. That's the question that I was asking. But, but the reverse is true. Also, if you're inflating, if you're, if you're deflating or inflating the need and it seems so, uh, that is going to affect your score negatively. So you can't ask for too much or too little. Yeah. But you have, there's like, there's a bit of an art to figuring out how much you really need. It is a science because it's just math. But there's a little bit of an art to it. And I think and a lot of it has to do with um, uh, with basically how writers' minds work or don't work well. But the short answer is it doesn't matter what money you're asking for as long as it is the right amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense. Okay. So the, while we're then on the topic of sort of obvious things. And as we start to wind down this conversation, because I think we've been going for about an hour, um, what other, what, what else should uh, creative expect going into the grant process that isn't obvious um, or some of the things that are obvious that you don't think we've touched upon? And then finally, just summarize from the bird's eye view what the grant pro- writing process looks like. And we'll talk about the minutia of that at a later date. So the big thing that is not obvious is actually what is obvious to you. What is obvious to you as the person writing the grant, the person whose project it is, there's a whole litany of things that are obvious to you that will not be obvious to somebody else. Uh, So this is actually, I say the biggest sort of confusion that I see other than budgeting, the biggest confusion that I see people have is when they're putting their project into words, they use the wrong words uh, in the sense of they're saying things that other people don't understand. So you really have to think about it like this. Uh, And again, this is itself is a bigger discussion uh, because it's a bit of an art to how you do this, but you really have to remember that Somebody reading this grant application, somebody who is reading your project description, somebody who's looking at your resume, uh, somebody who's looking at your budget, all these things have to be written in such a way that a person who is not a writer could understand them. Because although probably your jury is going to be made up of writers, uh, as you point out, Lyndon, there's different disciplines of writing, like somebody who writes only poetry may not, will not understand what it takes to write a novel. 
and you need to explain it to them. Uh, you need it to be clear. You need, in other words, when I used to write grants in school for school projects, for research projects, uh, the thing you always had to remember was people from other disciplines were going to be on the jury. So like if you were writing a research grant about, you know, I'm going to study, you know, 18th century uh, women's, you know, novels, uh, what you had to realize is like somebody reading that grant might know nothing about the topic and you needed to explain it to them. They did not know necessarily, you know, who, you know, Jane Eyre, what Jane Eyre was. Uh, and you couldn't assume they would. Uh, and the same is true with writing these grants. You can't assume that somebody knows how long it takes to write a poem or how a comics page is interpreted by an artist. You can't assume those things. Uh, and you need to really catch yourself when you're saying things that are obvious to you, but not to another person. So uh, that's the sort of the biggest thing uh, that it crops up in various ways when people try to put these grants together is either they themselves don't understand what the granting body is saying to them in terms of like how you put this application together or you aren't thinking about how the jury is going to read and understand what you're saying. Uh, and it, you know, it, you have to really think that like how would a third party who does not know anything about my project, what will they understand about my project based only on the materials that I'm submitting? Because in your head, or maybe you've done like a hundred pages of this thing, but you're only giving them 10 and then a couple it's descriptions of it. They don't see those other 90 pages. They don't know anything that's going on. You need to explain it to them like they were children. Um, not in the sense of like dumbing it down, but in the sense of being clear. Uh, in terms of the basic life cycle, so just to kind of end off with a bit of a quick recap of how the life cycle of these grants work. So fundamentally, what you do before you do anything else is you determine your eligibility uh, by applying for a profile. Uh, and the, then, you know, you get approved or denied, uh, your eligibility is approved or not approved. Assuming you get approved, uh, your profile is approved and you're now determined to be eligible for this grant, then you have to determine which grant you are actually applying for. So in most cases, what it's going to be is a project grant, to create something, uh, but you know you might have some other options. Then you got to figure out what's the deadline for that, and you got to figure out what are the things like you get, literally just go through the application and start filling it out. Uh, and then some of it you won't be able to fill out yet because you will have to say write a lot a, a description of the project, or you'll have to put a budget together or whatever, but you just, you know, start going through the project application and doing its completing its pieces. Um, that's a whole complicated thing, but like once you've got that application filled out, you put everything together that you're submitting. Uh, so fundamentally what it'll be is it'll be some background on you. Uh, it'll be a description of the project. It'll be a budget, and then it'll be a sample. So there'll be other things involved, but that's the sort of the four big things. 
Then you put the budget in, or sorry, you put the application in, you submit it, then you wait around, uh, right? You get a response. So let's say they give you, if they reject the grant, you know, then this is done. You can reapply maybe later. But you know, once they rejected you, you know, that's the end of that. Or they accept it. Uh, if they accept it, they notify you that they are awarding you a grant. You have to accept them awarding you the grant and effectively sign a contract saying that you will take the money and you will do what you said you would do. Um, then they give you the money. Then you do what you said you would do. And then you submit a report. Uh, and there'll be a deadline for this report based on you know a variety of factors. And the report is you saying, I did what I said I would do and I spent the money like I told you I would. And then somebody accepts or rejects your report. At that point, the thing's done. Now, a lot of that is simpler than it sounds. Some of it's a bit more complicated than it sounds. Uh, so the reporting is very simple. For example, the budgets are not so complicated as they seem. Um, the description, the sample, a lot of that stuff is more complicated than it seems. Uh, but you know that's the sort of basic life cycle of a of a grant. And it can get very complicated if, for example, you've got a project where you're submitting multiple grants. Uh, but you know it, it's really not that complicated if you understand it. And I think one of the things I again I really want to do in this kind of series of discussions here is start to sort of demystify some of the things. Uh, but that's sort of the way to think about it. You you get a profile approved, you become eligible for the grant, uh, you put in an application, uh, they reject or award your application. If they give you money, then you do the project as stated, spend the money like they said you said, and then you submit a report. Simple. So simple, right? It's very simple. So I think what we'll do in a later set of discussions is we'll walk through some of the you know details uh, of those different stages. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me about uh, grants and kicking off this conversation a little bit. Uh, and like I say, we're going to... Uh, get into some of the details of grants and what, you know, you can do or not do uh, to increase your chances of getting some grants. So uh, if you have any questions, please, you know, email them to me at Jonathan at jonathanball.com. Um, and thanks uh, for talking to me, Lyndon, and we'll chat some more later on. Till then, keep writing the wrong way. <laughs>